0: If you have your Bibles, this would be a good time to break them out. If you, if you take notes, then I'll, I'll press on you to do that. If you take mental notes, then I hope that you have a good memory. Um, I will attempt to imprint something on you, even if it is but a um, small uh, truth that will help you in life. Well, Christmas is over. You know that it, that it is over. So for better or worse, you can move on now to, to some other time. Uh, it could be that you're suffering from the sugar high and low and or other, other things you might be suffering from. But well, we'll get into the Bible study now and see where the Lord will lead us. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6. I'm going to read more than that. But for right now, we'll just begin here. I want to teach this lesson. This is a life lesson. Everyone say life lesson. This is a life lesson. Now, if, you're, if you can hear this uh, with, with your intellect um, in, in deciphering a life lesson, uh, that is, that's one level. But if you can allow your heart to accept it, then uh, more worth will come from it. My father, my mother spoke many things to me. I didn't always pay attention. I heard what they were saying, but I didn't allow it to affect me in the way it should have. And then I had to relearn those lessons um, later in life. So hopefully, when the lesson goes forth, there's more than just the head knowledge, but it's the heart knowledge. And I'm, I'm... I'll never complete this lesson, just so you know. So I'm, my title is The Order of the Heart, but I'll never complete Ordering the Heart. Because this is the totality of our life's work, to order our heart. This is Paul's admonition to the young apprentice. He said, but godliness with contentment, there's a, there's a joining there, is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, perhaps just for our some working definitions, and I'll 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 give you a few working definitions here. Um, heart management. Now, obviously, I'm speaking in a figurative term. Turn, but uh, heart management is taking charge or control of our desires of our thoughts, emotions, ambitions. I won't exhaust the whole, but heart management. You have to manage your heart. You have to manage your desires. Uh, let, me, let me make this statement to all of you about management of desires. You'll always have more desires than, than, um, than is permissible by the Holy Spirit. Your desires will always go farther than your self-imposed boundaries or scriptural boundaries. All right. (laughs) Um, your, Your natural desires, the human natural desires, are always out of bounds with God's perfected order. And so you have to manage that. There's always more that you would like to say than what you really ought to say. There's always more than you would like to do than what you ought to do. And whether it's a scriptural uh, directive or a personal conviction or even a church uh, directive, those are boundaries. But your desire might, might be to do more than that, and you'll have to control that. That's the management of the desires of your heart. You might have an ambition that doesn't align with the work of the Holy Spirit or with God's directive call in your life. So you're going to have to rein that in. You're going to have to, you're, you're going to come in contact with emotions that that will try to guide you or to push you in a way that is unsavory or unseemly. And you're going to have to use temperance. These are big things, temperance and borders and boundaries and so heart management is really taking control. Let's, let's see that again. It's taking control of your desires and your thoughts and your actions and your emotions to control yourself. That is a very difficult thing to do. In fact, many people who give advice to others have a tough time receiving their own Oh, yes. How are we doing? I'm feeling a little alone right now. I'm feeling alone. Consumption is is a natural desire of every individual to consume. To give up or not to consume or to withhold is not natural. And so you have to manage... Those thoughts of your heart and and the heart is so it 's so such the central um, part of your being here is here is the proverbs in twenty three for as a man or as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, so whatever is entering your heart, that is the person you you become and i I want you to consider the difference between what is projected and what is what is felt or what is hidden. So there's a projection of what you want people to to hear or think of you, and then what's really in your heart. And I'll take it just from an excerpt of Psalm 55 and verse 21. Here it is. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were Drawn swords, or they were as a sword that was drawn, so the words of his mouth they, they sounded good, they were smooth. he was a salesman, but in his heart, his heart and his words didn 't match up. His words were soft they were they were like oil, they were like butter they they were easily transferable but 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 there was something beyond behind his words so it's the management of the heart now i will say to you that people can put on a good show and say a lot of right words but eventually though the 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 heart will overtake the words eventually it will come out of your mouth what is in your heart because as a man thinks in his heart so there's there's a uh, a difference here it's 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 a it's a polarization I think logically, but there's an emotional part of my heart. So it's not just a pragmatic thing, but it is an emotion of my heart. As I feel, think in my heart, my desires, what's here, that is the person that I become. And I can say all the right words. You can say all the right words. You transmit, like a radio wave, what you feel. You can say... Boy, I really I love you, I care about you. But the but if you don't if you don't have it in your heart eventually, that will translate and and it'll come out. Or even you can say the right words and people won't believe you. And um I kind of uh, enjoy the old statement from Popeye. Popeye in olive oil, Popeye would say, I am what I am, and that's what I am. And and when you meet someone, you can tell uh, pretty quickly uh, if they're real or if they're a fraud. And one of the problems with, with, and I'll just, I'll bring it in here. I won't say the whole Christianity. One of the problems with the apostolic movement is that we've learned how to be, uh, how, to, how to act Pentecostal inside of the church. But we're not sure how to act like a Christian outside of the church. We know all the functions of of what we should do here. But when we leave here, it's almost as if we become a subculture. And we're not sure what to do beyond the wall. So that's why we got to start in the core. The core is the heart. The core is the heart. And if we can get the heart right, then everything else will follow. Um, I'm not into band-aid uh, remedies. I'm not into that. I'm not into trying to cover up a little thing. No, it's a heart issue. Um, if 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 the mother comes and says, "Well, my son, he has a problem cussing. Well, we got to stop him cussing." Well, that's probably that's probably um, uh, that's probably the the outgo of something that's been that's been brewing inside. We have a heart issue. So. I'm just presenting tonight some large banners, some large ideas, and, and I'll kind of designate them as umbrellas uh, under which other things fall. Uh, smaller things often consume our time, but these large ideas, large concept umbrella words are important to me. I'll, I'll offer you a, a few healthy umbrella terms, like love. <laughs> love. If you have love, true, if, you're, if you have real love, then everything else sounds right. But if you don't have love, you can prophesy and be wrong. Go read 1 Corinthians 13. If you don't have love, every spiritual gift is off. You can have all the spiritual gifts, but if you don't have love, you'll destroy people, hurt yourself, and hurt the body. Isn't that incredible? If I, if I can have the gift of prophecy, if I can work the miracles and I don't have love, what does, what does Paul say? I'm a sounding brass. I'm a tinkling cymbal. I'm nothing. I have nothing. And so I've watched people that do have spiritual gifts, but they don't have love and they damage everyone around them. Because they don't understand the value of the larger concept. Here's another one. Forgiveness. How about Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big word. We ask God for forgiveness, but we we are often conditional forgivers. We forgive based upon a condition. We forgive based upon how much they hurt us or our perception of them or if they are sincere or not. Forgiveness is a wonderful thing. Forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. Bitterness is a poison you take hoping someone else will die. (laughs) How are we doing? Are we we too much sugar cookies? Is that what it was? It was sugar cookies. I know. How about giving? Now, automatically you're going to think of money, but how about giving? Giving up, giving into, giving over, giving away. These these are big things. How about submission? To whom or to what are you in submission to? What about submission? How about obedience or serving, mercy, mercy? Commitment. In our scripture, we talked about contentment. Um, praise the Lord. Amen. It's, it's, this is a rough lesson for some. But there are also negative words that are also large, like fear, disobedience, complaint, uncommitted, complacency, selfishness, or self. And those are things that conflict all of us here. In every life, these words detail and define the person and also the group, in, in this case, our church. How is our church seen? What are the big words that our church is known for? What are the big concepts? Is it love? Is it giving? Is it serving? Is it isolation? Is it is it compartmentalization of truth and and, and, and our own preferences? Um but whatever they are they reveal not only where we are today but they reveal our future yes it's impossible to have a blessed future if the present is filled with evil things or wicked things or fleshly actions the outcome is always contingent upon the input you 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 it's the the bible is replete with this you, you'll never You'll never uh, reap a, an apple from an apple tree if the seed that you plant is not uh, part and parcel uh, to the apple tree. You, you'll, you'll, you'll never receive the benefit of what you like if the seed does not match it in kind. So if you would like to have a blessed life, you have to, you have to plant things that produce blessings. If you would like to have peace, you have to plant peaceful tones. If you want to have a of a peaceful home, you cannot plant rage and anger you can't you can't walk around angry and 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 vindictive if If you want your children and your family to be respectful of you, you cannot be re- disrespectful of everyone else because whatever you plant. You also reap always. It's the law of harvest forever and ever and ever and ever. So if the future of the church is going to be love and acceptance and bringing people from nowhere to something, bringing people from out of darkness into his marvelous light, if, if that is our goal, then we have to plant things that contribute to that outcome. Amen. Here are some other large umbrellas. They can go either way depending on... Um, on how they're used. I'll, I'll just offer three. Here's a large umbrella. Money. <laughs> money can go either way. Money can control you or you can control it. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. I know people who've been very, very poor and they loved money. And I know people who have had a lot, but they didn't love it. Money. Jesus said, "You can you can only serve one of two masters: God or Mammon. God or money. Isn't that incredible? He didn't say God or the devil. God or money. How you control your money dictates, uh, or or reveals rather, uh, what's in your heart. This this is this is an incredible part of our lives. We we." We, we have so much, and, and we are responsible for so much. Here's another big banner. It can go either way. A big umbrella. Words are communication. How we communicate. What we communicate. And when we communicate. What are our words? What do those words do to people? And how do they lift up, or how do they tear down? Or how do we use our words? and When do we use them? Or another word, talent our talent. Our talent can be used for many things and we can bury it or we could, we, could, we could hide it or we could be ashamed of it or we could be used for the wrong thing or for the right thing. Everyone has something that God has given to them. So these are large concepts, but just for a moment now, I want to zero in on one of those large umbrellas and the word is contentment or to be content. And I'll read again from 1 Timothy 6 and 6, but we'll go on. Paul writes, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Amen. But if we have food and clothing, here, here now, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into Many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, now this is in context. If you go back up to verse 6. We're talking about contentment with godliness. And he's quickly moved from high priorities of food and clothes. Food and clothes. But there's a trap. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's the root of all kinds of things. And, and, and in the NIV it says, Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, perceived themselves, or pierced themselves rather, with many griefs. They've ran themselves through because they've left the faith. They were pursuing something else. But you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Big words, ladies and gentlemen. Large umbrella words. You pursue what? Righteousness. Do right. Do right. I'll give you another word for it. Integrity. How about simple integrity? How about the church practice integrity? Don't lie. (laughs) Whoa. We have a lot of people who profess Jesus and on a regular basis, lie. Lie. You could have been watching this from home and been just as uncomfortable on your couch as you are right here. <laughs> when will the lying stop and the deception? How about integrity? We've got to get back to the, to the main things and the main things should be the, should be the fruit of what we have invested our lives in and there ought to be right living. Righteousness simply means right living. Or godliness. There is, there is a distinction between someone who is ungodly and those that are godly. Whatever you say, where, do, wherever you go, whatever you look at. The question should be always, is it godly? Or would it please God? The reason why there are rules in churches... Is because the people left godliness. If if we are godly, we don't need anything written down. Because if you have to write it, then it becomes situational. Now we get into cultural relativity. And cultural relativity would say, well, that's particular for their culture, and that's different. And now we start looking at the Bible, and we say, well, that that was just for their day and their time. The problem is, we left godliness, and we stop asking, does it please the Lord? If it pleases God and you know it pleases God, or you know it displeases God, then you know which direction to go. Amen. Here's, here's, here's faith. How about faith? How about faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How about faith? Just believing that the Lord is good. Abraham believed in a God which calleth those things which be not as though they were. How about faith? You don't always, the just, live by faith. You do not walk by sight, you walk by faith. You're not If you're walking after the spirit, you're not always going to know where he's leading. God did not tell Abraham where he was going. He just said, come out to a land and I'll show you. That's not what, wait a second, I got to have heart management. Because we don't like that. We want to know. But God does not always tell you. He's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, the first one is really disconcerting. The second one is a little bit better. But if he's, always, if he's just a lamp unto your feet, that means he gives you enough light to walk one step in front of the other. I don't always know where the Lord is leading, but I know when he says, come out of that place, I'm gonna show you a new place, you have to trust me to get to where you're going. Amen. Love, endurance, gentleness. These are big words. These are banner words. These are umbrella words. And then finally he says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you were made, when, when uh, let me read it, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So, contentment is an important part of life. When you are discontented, uh, I'll, I'll, re- I'll read the scripture. I can quote some of the scripture to you. It's not always pleasant. Um, Solomon wrote, it's better to be in a small attic with a content wife than in a large mansion with a brawling woman. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, thanes will never make you Content. And all the big, big box stores, Amazon, they all know that. You would put them out of business if you learn how to be content. <laughs> our, our economy is built on discontentedness. Discontented people. People move from place to place because they're discontent. Sometimes marriages are wrecked and destroyed because people are discontent the whole idea of a midlife crisis which i plan on going through pretty soon i, I haven't had, i don't have enough money yet to get there but i'm looking at motorcycles every day right now just on know. tammy says when i die in a motorcycle another man's going to be raising my children they're mostly there already <laughs> the whole idea of midlife crisis is I'm missing something. I've got to go back and capture my youth. I've I've got to get something that I lost and they're discontented. I'll I'll go this far and, and, and we can argue this point, not now. The floor is not open. That there's a lot of credit card debt based on discontented people that have never learned how to manage their heart. That's right. And they don't know that that their that their level of contentment or their low level of contentment has caused them to create a lot of debt. Things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. They're discontent. And the erratic nature of, of people is seen because we have created these these ideas or idealisms that, 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 that are not true. I'll, I'll offer just two things to you. And there's so much, as I said, I and mean, I won't exhaust this all tonight. But I'm, I'm leading into next year. I feel pressing of the Holy, Holy Spirit. I, there's, a, there's a pressing on me. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just at the starting line of something brand new. And I, we'll get to that later. I'm just giving you a couple more working definitions. Here's image. And the image is, of course, your self-image. It's, it's what you perceive yourself to be. It might not even really be you. It might, it might not be who you really are. It's just an image. And it's, it's a persona, if, if we could say that. Persona. Now, I don't, I don't want to put any ministry down. I want to lift up ministry. But, but I've, I've met too many preachers who have, a, they have a, an image and they're trying to maintain an image. <laughs> and it's not, it's not just it's not confined to the pulpit. There's there's places all over the church and people that they're trying to maintain an image. That's not really who they are. And they'll work really hard to maintain an image, harder, actually, than doing what's right and devel- developing substance. So similitude, but no substance. But character, of course. It could be bad character or good character. Character, and and I offer this to you, is the internal level of of virtue which which displays the person that you really are. It's that internal level of virtue um, or the nature which displays the person you really are. So... Your your character matters. In fact, good character matters. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna hurt someone's feelings here. Your good character is more important than your talent. Your good character is more important than your abilities. It's more, good character is more important than your image. Your image it's something you you portray, but the good character in you, that's the core. That's the heart of who you are, just to have good character. I'd rather have good character than have a lot of external talents. Because if my character is not right, then there's something wrong with, 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 with how I'm developing or, or, or what I'm doing in my talent. My talent, and I'm not talking about musical talent. I'm just talking about whatever talents you have. If the character is corrupt, then everything else is distorted. Amen you know not not everyone sings in the same way some people uh some there's a there was an old program way back. I don't even know if they use it now. I'd have to ask one of my kids, but it was called pro Tools, and you would sing in a microphone and the and the sound would go into a computer, and the pro tools uh, if you had if your pitch was bad, they could just bend your pitch up or down. If you were flat, they could straighten it out and it was a better note if it was sharp, they could you know push the arrow down and then it'd be a good pitch and and some people would sing and 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 if they sang then you know the the computer and it would show how far off you were on the pitch and pro tools now there there's probably it's outdated program i 'm sure, but I remember using the program and 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 some people were singing, and I was doing a little in- engineering there, and 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 trying to produce some things. And man, uh, one of the individuals, she. Uh She just really super flat, but she thought she was so good, but she was really flat. But when you're singing live, you know, the band and the music and the excitement, it covers up a lot of those bad notes uh, to a lot of people. I I don't think there was any way to cover her up. but, but, But she sang in the microphone in the studio, and man, it was really, really some rough and, but she was thinking it was wonderful but but the guys working that they, they had to work a lot they had to work a whole lot I was talking to one of the engineers and I said you know do you think there a lot of popular artists have this problem he said yes Bette Midler is one of the worst she has a terrible voice but they always put it through filters and and they try to help her now I'm not even I don't even know what she sings um oh yeah one a wind beneath my wings I hate that song um I'm sorry. I don't. I don't really hate it. Just it's, it's a strong dislike. Uh, I don't care about that. Um, and so you know, I don't even know what she's talking about. But anyway, she made that popular, and 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 so we've, You know, you've got even if the. Pitch was perfect, you know, a Celine Dion or, or or Barbara Streisand, and I'm not espousing these people. I'm just saying that they had perfect pitch, uh, Eva Cassidy, perfect pitch, um, uh, uh, Alison Krauss, uh, four of them that I know, perfect pitch. They could just sing, and it's just it's perfect. There's no, you know, even if that if that was true, if the character is bad, if the heart's bad, it it does something to my heart. The ears, I'm enjoying it, but there's something. It's messed up now. I can't even take it because there's something wrong with the big banner of good character. It's gone. It's gone. I'll I'll read from Philippians 4. Paul writes, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein you were careful, you wanted to. You wanted to care for me and take care of me, but you just didn't have the opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of one. I wasn't asking for anything. I've learned, Paul said. You, you wanted to help me. You, just, you were unable to do it, and it's okay. And I respect the fact that you had the desire to help me. And I'm not speaking because I, I wanted something from you. And it was all right. Because I've learned, Paul said, that in whatever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Whatever state. (laughs) Whatever place. Now, to achieve that takes a tremendous amount of self-control. That means your natural desires is not to be content. Your natural desire is not to wait on God or to be patient or or to be calm. It's hard to be content when there's a problem brewing. I would just submit to you, and it's an old adage, but I'll submit it to you again. If Jesus is in your boat, you don't have to fear the storm. He's asleep in the boat. And the disciples, the fishermen, think they're going to drown. And they accuse him of uncaring. To them, at that moment, he's an uncaring Christ. Lord, doesn't it bother you? Don't you care that we're going to die? The problem is they don't know his purpose yet. They don't know why he's there. And they have a significant problem with recognizing who he is. The boat's not going down. So they're toiling. They're working. They're fearful. They have issues. They have problems. And they think that everything's going to be lost in that day. And they wake Jesus up. Now, now that, is a, that is an image that's hard for me to grasp. He is fine. He is resting and I am toiling. Who am I trying to save? Am I trying to save Jesus? Listen, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out here. I'm bailing the water over. I'm, you know, I know we're going to die. I, I, I don't want you to die, Lord. I'll help you. Have you ever he- tried to help the Lord? Don't try to help the Lord. He doesn't need your help. I've tried to help him before. It, it's, it always is, works out poorly for me. Here, here it is. In whatever state I'm in. I have to learn how to be content. Calm down. It's gonna be okay. Don't get excited. If you don't know what to do, just say in Jesus' name, I'm just gonna wait on you. It's all right. You, you can get your way, He'll let you get your way. Balaam did it. Go look at Numbers 22. Balaam did it. Here comes the wicked king. He wants, he wants, Balaam to prophesy against the people of God. He turns them away. God says, don't, don't enter- entertain them. But they come back again. And so he says, well, Lord, you know, I, 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 should I let them come in? Okay, let them come in. And then should I go with him? Go ahead. He goes, and what happens? He's riding his mule. The mule gets trapped. The angel of the Lord with a, with a flaming sword. The mule collapses, pinches his leg up against the stone wall or a brick wall, and now here he is. He's beating his own animal. The Lord opens up the mouth of the donkey. The donkey's talking to him. He's not even recognizing this animal's talking back. He's so infuriated. There's all kinds of things happening. Go ahead. You don't want the Lord to always give you everything that you ask for. You pray for things you cannot handle. Lord, if you'll just give me that man. Oh, no. If you'll just let me marry that woman, no. If you just, Lord, if you'll just give me this new thing, if I could have, it might be better for you to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to have? And be content. But if you're not content, this is a big, big, um, underneath contentment, it's a big thing. I know men who have, they strive, they yearn for that better position. They got in the position, and it was the destruction of their entire family. They had no family time. The boss sucked up all of their, that job, that career, sucked up all of their life, their ambition, their energy, and they went from prayer warriors to cold-hearted men. I've watched watched young people desire something, but it was not the will of God for them, but they worked hard for it, and they were not content. And this is what Paul said, I know both how to be abased, wow, and I know how to abound, Do we know how to do that? Let me ask you something. Do you know how to get cut down? Can you handle being cut down? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sweet words often come from your enemy. Does anyone know how to be (laughs) abased? These are not conference statements. They don't get the crowd riled up. No one shouts on God is about to strip you of everything you have. No. We like Jabez. We do not like Gethsemane. Jabez expands. Gethsemane retracts. I know how to abound. Do you know how to abound? Does anyone know how to abound? Do you know how to gain and still give glory to God? Do you know how to reach a mountain and still recognize that God is the one who put you there. I I've I read that uh piece, you know, if you ever see a turtle on uh, a fence post, um the next line is, you know he didn't get there by himself. I'm a little snide, kinda bratty, so I might last my sign my finished statement is take him off the fence post because he's going to die. Anyway, it's it's just a bad joke, but it's I laugh at it when I say it. If you can can succeed and still give glory to God, then the Lord will give you more success. If you're faithful over a few, he'll make you Lord over many. But not everyone knows how to gain and still stay stay humble. Not everyone knows how to abound and still stay true. Amen. I'm talking about contentment. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed. Now, this is interesting. Who is instructing Paul? He is led by the Spirit. In fact, he even said, I was taught by the Lord in the backside of a desert. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. And that is a disconcerting word for all of the American church. I know how to be hungry. Do we know how to be hungry? We know how to be hungry, but we also know how to complain. We know how to have trouble, but with it we complain. And we complain about trivial things. I lost this job. I don't have this. uh, Something happened to my car. But do do we know how to be content and understand contentment when we are full and when we are hungry, both to abound and to suffer need? I have been instructed. I know how to gain, how to abound, and also suffer need. It's not one-sided, ladies and gentlemen. And you look around you'll say, well, that person's doing really good. And some will say, how could this be? I served God all my life. Now, how could this happen to me? Because we have created a God that's supposed to give us everything. We'll never have sickness. We'll, we'll always have our jobs. I, 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 I need to tell you this. We are not promised anything but the joy of the Lord. We're not promised anything but the Holy Spirit. Thank God we have it. We have the name of Jesus. And believe it or not, that's enough. We don't think that's enough, but that's enough. We don't always praise God for that because when we're in low times and we're suffering and we're lonely and we're in pain and we're in heartache and we are sick, we do not think that God cares about us, but he cares every bit about us just as when we were abounding. He loves you just as much when you're in the valley as, he, as when he puts you on the mountain. And we have, to, we have to banish the thought that God is good when we have it good. He's good when you are hungry. He's good when you are weary, he's good when you are toiling, he's still good when you are suffering, he's still good. And he might just I don't know this, but he might just be good to you because in your suffering that's when you learn to trust him. In your suffering that's when you get to learn how to be content. How to trust, how to have faith in God. But we don't always believe that. Uh, let, let me just share with you a, a little scripture here. It comes from the book of Exodus. I won't read the whole thing. But they came to Mara. And if you just follow the timeline of the children of Israel, they, 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 have, the, they have the final plague. An angel sees the blood, passes over them. Thus they call it the Passover. They escape, the millions of them, running they, they did not go the shortest distance because the Lord said pre-adventure they fight uh, an enemy. They're not ready for a battle. He brings them to the brink of the Red Sea. Now they're complaining. This is their mode of operation to complain and then to criticize Moses. And they would like on many occasions to either stone him or replace him. God instructs Moses. They walk through on dry ground. They have carts. They are loaded with the wealth of Egypt. They leave Egypt, not empty-handed, but all the gold, raiment, silver, wedges of silver. They get through the Red Sea. Moses said, the enemy that you see today, that is said to pass through, you'll see them no more. And the Red Sea collapses and drowns out the armies of Egypt. And now the are rejoicing. They have a worship service with tambourines, the horse and a rider, hath he thrown into the sea. Miriam is leading the song fest there. And now they start walking, but they're three days and they have no water. And they forgot what God did for them in the prior three days. They find water, but the water is bitter. And man, you talk about an empty promise. You talk about an empty promise. That, that's, you're buying your dream car only to find out it's a lemon. You're buying the house only to find out that house has some major issues. And you have to gut the whole thing. You get to the water because you're thirsty. It's the one thing, whatever you desire most, you get to that one thing and it's not what you expected it to be. And the water is bitter. They're plunging their faces and their heads into the water. They're, they're diving into this little pond of, of water. And when they get there, it's bitter. And now they're crying out because it's bitter. They can't drink it. Mara, Mara. That's the, that's the root name for Mary, bitter. And the people murmur against Moses in verse 24 of Exodus 15. What shall we drink, they say? What are we going to drink? And Moses cries to the Lord, and the Lord shows him a tree. That tree has been there a long time. It was just waiting for them to come tomorrow. He takes the tree. He casts it into the bitter waters. And the waters were made sweet. And there he made them a statute, an ordinance. And he proved them. God continually proves them. And then Moses says to them, it is a challenge If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, that's righteousness, and give ear to his commandments, that's obedience, and keep all of his statutes, that's order and structure, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. In one sentence, in, in a single verse, it encapsulates what he will not do and how he will help them. But, just so you know, this was not the place because Mara is not a place to live. It's just a place to drink. No one can live at Mara. And from Mara, they went to Elam. And Elam had 12 wells of water and 40 palm trees. So it had shade and water. You see, God leads you to a place, and you have to understand this is just a small place. Now I have to learn to be content. I have to learn to be content when there is no water. I have to learn to be content when the water is bitter. I have to learn to be content when I have to move on from that temporary reprieve. Because contentment is a powerful tool in my life. It's heart management. I have to manage my heart. If I don't manage my heart, what happens is I fall prey to nostalgia, to complaining. Nostalgia is the good old days. Oh, I remember the good old days. Really? What days? Church is not like it used to be. What are you talking about? 1970, 1950 or 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 AD 31 or AD 40, cuz those were the good old days. <laughs> when you talk about old-time religion, I'm not talking about 1945. I'm not talking about 1965. Old-time religion to me is Paul and Silas in a Roman prison, praying and singing and learning. Hey, listen, we can't get out of here. There ain't no way we get. But if we can get him in here, he can't be bound. So let's just get him in our place. <laughs> they had no idea that they were going to break out. All they knew, they'd been beaten. They put in the inner prison, and they are shackled hands and, hand and feet. That's what they knew. So so the idea that 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 we we would be discontent with God well, first we have to say, okay, God, this is your will. I'm following you now. And it might lead me to a place where where it doesn't feel good to me, but I'll still follow. Because if 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 we're not if we're not content, then there's nostalgia, there's complaining, and oh the complaining. Can I just I, I don't I'm i do not want to be crass you've got nothing to complain about. We have nothing to complain about. You still, even though America is self-imploding, this is still the greatest country the world has ever seen. You have nothing to complain about. We have everything that we've ever needed. If, 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 this convic- if my next line convicts you, then so be it. Some of you have storage buildings. You don't need storage buildings. That's for stuff that you can't fit inside of your house. Sammy said to me today, honey, those khaki pants that you're wearing, those are summer pants. What are you talking about? Summer pants. (laughs) All my clothes are all season long. I don't care what anyone says. (laughs) I got no summer clothes. I got a coat I put downstairs afterwards. Summer suit, summer pants. What are you talking about? Spring, fall, summer? I got enough room for all that. (laughs) okay I'm not going to wear a sweater in July but hey I understand the difference but if it gets cold I'm prepared that's right we have so much we have nothing to complain about and the reason why we complain is because we've created a life that's discontent we wanted something but we didn't put in the right seed I'll tell you how to start right now Right now, you plant the right seeds of love, affection, forgiveness, grace, mercy. You act kind. You say kind words. You want to receive something? Start giving. You want to have nothing? Keep your hand like this. Because a closed fist that does not give also cannot receive. And I'll end here. I brought my Bible. This is not my preaching Bible. Um. This is one of my yearly Bibles, and it has I, it, this Bible. I've used it so many times. Uh, I I can't remember, but I think John Fisher bound it for me again. And in in the first page here, it has my name, which I don't even know why I put that there because my dad always put his name and everything. So this. I've read this Bible through in 2013, 2014, 2018, and 2020, and I alternate some other Bibles, so this year this is going to be my 23 Bible, and I've got notes every day, and I, I kind of got a jump start because I was kind of, I didn't want to wait till January the 1st because you know I'm very impatient, right? Everyone know that, right? Just forgive me because I am hyper and impatient. Can't wait to start the new year. Let's get going. I got to get going. We got to get out of this stuff. I don't know. How much more, how many more cheesecakes can you eat? I already started my fast, but I'm not sure if it's spiritual, but I know it's purging me right now. And I, I got my little, I got my little open water diver patty card in there as my bookmark. I haven't dove for a long time, but I'm diving into the scriptures. what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to read this Bible. So I'll tell you what you should do. I'm not the perfect example. Please, please give me a little grace. But Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So you can follow Paul, but if, but if, but if your standards are not that high, you can follow me. <laughs> and I read the other day about these guys that do this revolutionary war in, uh, in reenactment. Here they are. And they're ready to cross the Delaware. They got all their outfits on. They got their little boats. And they're going to do what George Washington did. They're going to cross the Delaware. But alas, there's too much ice on the water. You bums. That's what he did. He crossed it when it was icy. They wanted all the water to be placid and we to have the right temperature. If you really want to reenact, you cross now and risk your lives. But oh no. They're not crossing the Delaware because it's dangerous. Really? If you go across, then I have respect for you. But if you're waiting for the ice to melt. (laughs) So follow me as I follow Christ. And here's what you do. You get this Bible open and you get a one year Bible and you get something and you start reading it every day of your life. And you write notes in the margins. And you'll go back and say, man, what was I thinking? Thank God I've grown up since then. And you invest something. Because whatever is in my spirit did not get there because I slept on it. It got there because I've been planting some seeds in my brain, in my heart. And I... I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to manage my heart. And the only way I can do it is if I get this word in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? So I don't sin against God. Amen. How about a Bible study? How about a Bible study that talks about where we really are, where we we need to be? Because as Americans, we are far from the early church. We are far, and we got to get back to the early church. I'm just going to tell you, I want an outreach department. I want, all, I want every department to be outreach, but I don't want to professionalize it because the early church did not have an outreach department because everyone thought th- their job was to reach someone. It was their calling. They thought that when Jesus said, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost and power, and it's going to give you power to be a witness after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. They thought it was for everybody. They didn't think, well, this is for people who have outgoing personalities. People got a lot of time. No, they thought that was their entire mission of life. And I'll get a little heavy for you. Here's a little heavy. I'm concerned that people do not believe, the people of the name don't believe, in the name of Jesus and baptism. Because if you believe that everyone needs to be baptized in the only saving name, according to Acts 4.12, you would tell everybody you know you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. But if you don't believe it, you'll be quiet. Amen. So here's where you start right here. You get in this word. You can, you can start tomorrow. You don't have to wait till January 1st. If you, if you want to be like me, start tomorrow. I'm, I, I finished my other year, so I, I'm, I've got a jump start. Because I'm impatient. And sometimes I read two days or three days. I get excited about a story. And I keep going. And this is what I'm putting in my mind. I turned Fox News off a long time ago. And it's freedom. Because the news is selling you emotion. They're not selling you information. So if you want to get conflicted, you just turn on MSNBC and CNN and ABC and Fox News and all that stuff. Go ahead and read all the papers, and I'll tell you what, you'll get all emotionally bound up. You'll do nothing for God. You can know all the information about the world, but that is not going to help you stop what's going to happen. We don't even know if America is in the last days of prophecy. We're not even sure. In fact, it looks like America is not in the last scene of prophecy. The eagle's wings, if in fact we are, covers Israel for a period of time. But the next image, there is no eagle present. Don't think that revival has to be in America for there to be an end-time revival. China can have 100 million people baptized in the Holy Ghost. China can have the population of America baptized in the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit of God, and eclipse our entire population. The nation of, of Mexico can have a powerful move of God. Philippines is already having it all over the place in Philippines, and all kinds of island nations. We have a window, and we've got to do something for the Lord. So I would say, be content where you are, and I'll teach the next one later. But I'm never satisfied. All right. Amen. That's it. Because I can't teach anymore. It's the time's up. See, time, time is up. The tension's gone, and it's almost 730. Everybody stand. There's food left at home. Leftovers. Amen. In Jesus' name, I pray right now, in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands right now, in Jesus' name. You are a holy God, I pray. Do your great work, I pray, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Let there be an overwhelming desire, Lord, to trust in you, I pray. Don't let us get trapped in this world, Lord, through desires of our flesh, but help us to have some heart management and some and some temperance in this world. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that there would be a a blessing on the church, Lord, as we devote our lives to you, Lord, and not pursue the ambitions of this world. In Jesus' name, I pray for everyone that hears this word and hears this lesson. I pray that there be a stirring in our hearts, Lord, that we will not be satisfied where we are, but we will be content in whatever state we find ourselves, Lord. Help us learn how to go through trouble and rejoice. Help us learn how to go through suffering and be faithful. Help us learn how to be hungry, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a praise ring out in our hearts every time we lose, every time we suffer, every time there is a, a, a problem with our water and a problem with the bitterness of life, Lord. We're still going to be content in whatever place we find ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.